Welcome to the Patterns of Truth podcast, the place for casual discussion of biblical principles and difficult questions that face the Christian believer. We believe that the Bible can speak to today's issues, giving us the wisdom and the courage we need for our lives. We are so glad that you are joining us, and you can always find us at patternsoftruth.org. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us again at the Patterns of Truth podcast. I'm Patricia, your host for today. And this episode is about social media. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. You're probably expecting another podcast where someone is trying to tell you whether you should delete it or use it. And to be honest, we know that we've all had this discussion for probably the last 10 years or so. But today's episode is not about trying to tell you what to do whether you should get rid of it or keep it. This episode is really about how we as Christians of a certain age have experienced social media in the past, thought about it with our faith in mind, and just figured out how we use it or don't use it as we mature as Christians. And of course, the platforms have changed as time has gone on. So today's conversation is just about sharing where we are as podcast participants today. So today's episode is a little bit different in that it is a round table. So I'm happy to have Peter, Aaron, Krista, and Michael joining us today. And we are all from late Gen X generation and the millennial generation. So welcome everybody. Great to have you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So our first question is, where do you live and what kinds of groups of people like demographics or interests do you interact with in real life? And then I want you to compare it or just think about, are those real life interactions different from the groups you interact with on social media? So I guess, you know what? I'll start with Aaron. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My name is Aaron. I'm in the Denver Metro area. I've lived here in Colorado my whole life. I was born and raised here. And in real life right now, most of my uh, interactions include family. Obviously I still have living parents in the area. And I also then have friends mostly from college days that I still interact with a few of them here and there and do some outdoor stuff sometimes. And then of course, there's the local assembly, local church, the people there. So that's a fairly diverse mixed group of people. And that's most of my real life stuff. I've been working from home for several years. So I used to be in the office interacting with that group a lot more, but now I mostly just see those people on teams. All right. Thanks so much. All right, Krista, what about you? Well, I currently live in Southern Arizona and mm-hmm. I am originally from California and I, in person, I interact with coworkers and my family a lot mm-hmm. and they all have diverse backgrounds, beliefs and online. I don't know. I have a huge variety of people mm-hmm. online that I interact with, so I can't really put them in a classification, but okay. I like to know what makes people the way they are. So I, I like diversity. All right. Thanks so much. All right, Peter. And where are you from? Originally. Yeah, so I'm from North Carolina. I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, close to the west side of North Carolina. And um, I interact with my actually neighbors a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go exercise with one of my neighbors. And I have uh, another group where I exercise with. Not that uh, I exercise a lot, but as much as I can uh, in the morning. So it's another group of guys i know from the from the city uh mm-hmm. pretty much so i like group exercises and 
Uh, like Aaron said, like the group of Christians around me, the circle of Christians. So I'm involved with uh, youth groups. So I uh, interact with kids a lot and uh, the group of Christians in my church or assembly. Cool. All right. Thanks so much. And Michael, what about you? Where are you from? I am from sunny Southern California. Woo! It's <laughs> we're, in, we're in the triple digits here. Um, and so mostly around this time, people hole up in their houses and we're on social media. <laughs> but, hey. um, uh, I would say who I interact with pretty much more or less is the same that I interact with uh, online and in real life. There's okay. Not much change. There's a little bit different. There are people that uh, friends who are in different parts of the world and the United States and family Mm -hmm. uh, that I do interact with that aren't locally here in the vicinity. And so I don't see them a lot. And so um, that's, that's just a few of the changes, but most are more or less uh, the people that I interact with in real life. will get online later and just talk about stuff we did or have other questions or just send each other memes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly send each other memes. That's always important. Yes, of course. For human sake. Nice. Okay. So we've got people from Cali. We've got from like, the lower Southwest, we've got Peter and I guess you say like mid Southeast and I'm in the Northeast. Um, I'm, let's see, I live in a really diverse area in New Jersey. Um, like all there's all different kinds of people where I live. Um, and that's one of the things I love about it. Um, I mostly interact with like my coworkers, my family, my friends, Um, and I would say like, well, in terms of like my church family, like mostly everyone's like me. So I guess in that situation, my home assembly experience is not as diverse. Um, everybody's from a different country, right? We're all like immigrant first generation background, but we are like basically like from the same, like very similar culture and, um, ethnic identity, I guess you would say, but most of my week I interact with like my coworkers, my students, their parents, and everyone is different. Um, I guess in terms of like online, I only really use two platforms. I use YouTube. Um, and I usually like follow YouTubers who are maybe like more like me, same interests, but I use Reddit for, specifically like I don't know spying on not really spying but listening in on other people in different industries that I am not familiar with different sectors of life because I'm very curious um about just like what people really talk about so like I'm on a bunch like finance subreddits and I don't know medical schools because I'm just really curious about how other people experience life so um yeah so that's my experience and I think like probably there's a big difference between like who I socialize with on a regular basis and then um, with the people I interact with online. So um, with that, so I said I'm on Reddit, but I want to ask everyone else, like, what was the first social media platform you joined? I know like all of us are like late Gen X or millennials. And so maybe it was like AIM, message boards, and I'm just going to spit out a few. Friendster, Zanga, LiveJournal, Sconex, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, Instagram, Reddit, Tumblr, Vine, Snapchat, TikTok, and now we have Be Real. So um, what was the first one you ever got on? Krista? (laughs) Uh, I think my first interaction was in 2000 with Instant Messenger. 
same. Okay. And then my first like platform platform was sharing opinions and pictures and stuff would have been MySpace. Oh. MySpace are for life. <laughs> actually, I tried to log in the other day just to see if I could. <laughs> I could two years ago, but this time I couldn't. Oh, it's still there. Well, actually, it was lo- it was not two years ago. It was before then, but I actually was able to log in not too long ago. Wow. I don't know if it's taken down. I haven't tried it, but no, no, nothing on the internet really ever goes away, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Aaron, what about you? First one? Well, it depends how you count it because I first started interacting with people online about 98, but that was using more like forums and chat groups in responses to, you know, today, everybody has that. We even have that on Mm -hmm. Patterns of Truth, uh, web space if people want to use it. But back then it was pretty novel. But the first actual social media program or app that I used was Facebook starting around 2012-ish. All right, cool. Peter? I don't know um, if I count YouTube as a social media. Okay. But I I would say MSN Messenger mm-hmm. before, if that's social media, then Facebook. I remember when my brother asked me, hey, you need to join this. I was like, what's Facebook? Yeah. Facebook is so weird. (laughs) Right. Like we're analyzing the name because it was just so like, why would you call it that? Right. You know, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Michael. Uh, I think if I, if I was to say the first social media platform I interacted with and on would be some message boards. And there was always, you know, uh, a lot of discussion back and forth, Mm -hmm. but a platform designed specifically uh, for, um, I guess, if you call mass or public broadcast of stuff and sharing, it would be it would be MySpace. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, so what is that? Like 2004, maybe? You know, 2003. it's so long ago. I want to say three, <laughs> 20, like 2003, because I think I was 23. Yeah, you want to hear the dates? I actually wrote them down. Okay. MySpace started in 2003. Facebook in 2004, but it didn't open up to the public till later. YouTube was 2005. Twitter, 2006. The iPhone, which was the first practical smartphone in the US market, 2007. And then Instagram, 2010. And then 2011, we Mm -hmm. can Snapchat. TikTok didn't start until, well, its predecessor started in 2014. So that's kind of a quick timeline of Mm -hmm. where these all fall. And, And hearing what everybody's saying, what they started on kind of you know, fits that yeah. evolution. Yep. Okay. That makes so much sense. It is so crazy. 2003, it exploded. It seems like so many mm-hmm. things came out at once. Mm-hmm. I think Facebook was originally started. You had to have like a college email in mm-hmm. order to do it, a school email. Mm-hmm. And so my brothers were the ones who introduced me to it when they were in college. And I think I finally got my own I don't know, 2009 or 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I got my, I got my Facebook when I graduated high school, like right after. Mm-hmm. So I graduated in 05 and I think 06 was when like regular college students. Cause I think it was first for like the Ivies only. And then the regular college students, I remember like so many people I graduated high school with were like, Oh no, you have to get Facebook. Like we can really all stay connected after graduation. And I remember feeling that push because Without it, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll see you again. And it's like, not really. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but even with Facebook, it's also not really, at least my experience, not really seeing people after high school as much. But I just remember like getting that really cool feeling that we were on the edge of something really awesome of actually being able to stay connected as opposed mm-hmm. to like going to my parents, you know, high school reunions and 
everyone's kind of guessing, is that the same person? I'm not really sure. <laughs> so it really felt like empowering at that time that we could still maintain those bonds and we didn't have to be like the previous generations and just, I don't know, forget people, move away and never see each other again. So I guess if we can go around quickly about our second, my third question, I guess, is like, why did we join the platform in the first place? So whether it was AIM or MySpace, you know, what did we get out of that experience? And just talk a little bit about like the speed as with, at which you made that decision. So like I just said, like in high school, it was like, a no, we need to stay connected. I joined Facebook without question. I didn't like have a discussion with anyone about it. It was just like a no brainer. That was the way I was going to stay connected to people that I went to high school with. And I didn't really think deeply that anything was scary about it or wrong about it. It was just like, hey, like this is here and I'm going to join it. So yeah, anybody can jump in on this one. Why did you join? What did you get out of it? I think it was a very novel and creative idea that we never had before and that was attractive. And it was brilliant. I mean, until now, pretty much the news is all about Twitter and Elon Musk and Meta and what's next. So it's still pretty attractive for everybody. And I think at that time, it was definitely attractive to be able to post pictures and have people like it and this endorphin rush when people Mm -hmm. are liking your pictures and you feel, you know, Mm-hmm. a positive affirmation that mm-hmm. you're valuable somehow and just be you know of course like you say patricia staying connected with people that you would never be able to mm-hmm. it's like uh, sending an email versus knowing exactly what happens in their lives which yeah big difference mm-hmm. yeah anybody else why did you sign up what did you get out of it i know that i joined because i grew up in a very tiny community to go anywhere in my opinion, worth any place it was like an hour and a half to two hours or more drive. Mm-hmm. And so I, I joined to meet people. Mm-hmm. I know spiritually I was not in a very healthy place. So I joined for attention. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being completely honest, yeah. it was that I met, you know, we didn't know the dangers of talking to strangers very much that you didn't, you know, you felt safe because obviously like today's, you know, people feel safe in sharing their opinions you felt safe sharing about yourself because, you know, I could be talking to somebody all the way across the country and they'd never, they'd never be able to find me. But Mm. I actually had some hard lessons in that, but that's why I joined was to meet people Mm. at first. And then when I moved, it was to stay, it was to stay in touch with people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's real. So in light of that, we could talk about some positives that social media has brought to our lives. I know that if we're talking about 2003 maybe maybe a little before we've all joined right so we've had like it's 2023 so over 20 years i said 10 years at the beginning of the podcast so it's been like 20 years right Woo! i feel old um 20 years (laughs) plus of experiencing some version of you know the genesis of you if you will of social media and being connected outside of like who we see on a day-to-day basis. Like, let's talk about some positives that it has brought to your life. And I mean, I'm sure we've had our negatives as well. So Michael, what about you? Okay, well, um, a couple of positives are the interaction with people, like continued interaction with people Mm -hmm. um, in a different space. Um, And that's primarily why I joined a social media platform 
uh, like MySpace um, and Facebook, Instagram. It's just to connect with people in a different space. And that space was online. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just doing a quick scroll here on on Wikipedia on the uh, evolution uh, of the World Wide Web. And what is in specifically what is social media? Um, because there are many different types and kinds. Um, yeah. uh, I work in a radio station where it's one voice speaking to many, many different people. So that's one form, like a newspaper is the same way. Mm-hmm. And then there are other spaces like, you know, like MySpace and Facebook that are many voices transmitted to many people. So there are different ways and kinds of uh, social media out there. Mm-hmm. And so when you can interact and share information between people through a different medium that may be easier or faster. Like you said, it's, it's faster for news to travel. Mm-hmm. It can be a very positive thing. Um, like if somebody's in trouble, you know, we can pray for them. Mm-hmm. Um, or if so, we, we got news like that, happy news, like uh, a newborn. Uh, we just had a, a quite a few <laughs> friends that uh, just had babies. And so nice to see uh, encouraging to see uh, photos and pictures and to share uh, words of encouragement, yeah, uh, stuff like that, or people getting married, or people in different stages of life, or enjoying seeing people's other people's <laughs> travel pictures of food. I like food, so <laughs> so you show me what you're eating. That's something I like to see. But yeah, uh, po- there's some positives there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I like what you're saying about like especially keeping us connected because I do think that if life circumstances take us in different places where we move away, right. We can still feel that connection. And then also like, I guess what's underneath that is that, so we don't feel alone. And I think that's what so many people have said. And I know myself included where like different platforms that I used or read, like, I don't know, on Zanga, other people's blogs, or, you know, even on Instagram or things like that, you feel like, Oh, I have this interest. And maybe the people in my real life around me don't share that interest, but I found someone on YouTube. I found someone else somewhere else where they feel exactly the same way as I do about whatever topic, or they've experienced the same thing. And I know that my people, whoever my people are, I've got my people out there. We exist, right? There's a community and you can feel like you have a community in case like you don't have one, you know, where you actually live mm-hmm. or the people you normally interact yeah, with sure. person, which I think can be really powerful for all of us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, j- just to kind of share mine real quick, my, my positive, my biggest one actually was a girl Ooh. and Michael knows her because <laughs> she's his, <laughs> she's his sister and now she's my wife. <laughs> and that was, that was one of my key motivations to actually join social media rather than just kind of observe it at a distance because I'd seen so much negative mm-hmm. already, you know, in their late 2000s on going on with social media and what people were doing and using it for and squabbling and so on. Mm-hmm. But I started to notice more and more of my friends seemed to use it. They seemed to have some positive interactions with it. And so finally I joined and, and through that, that was a vehicle that I got to know my now wife a lot better. Yeah. So that was pretty neat. And I also echo exactly what you're saying, Patricia, because that's kind of been the evolution now of my social media experience mm-hmm. is finding more people with common interests because, you know, there's a few around me, but especially now that all of my friends are married and have kids, just like I do, we're all pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can't just call up somebody and, you know, hang out on a Saturday to do some fun stuff. They've got things going on. I've got things going on. Mm-hmm. But as a result of YouTube, which I took up later and then started publishing to, and more and more now with Facebook groups that are out there, I can find people who share my interest and in, say outdoor activity, off-road, Jeep repairs, things like that. 
Yeah. And I think that's good too, because you, I think sometimes what people post online, even if you're friends with those people, you may discover that they have an interest that you never heard about or just didn't come up, right? Like in your normal conversation, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know you like the same thing that I do. Cool. Now we have this other, you know, aspect of ourselves that we can talk about or like have maintained a stronger friendship, you know, about which I think is really awesome. So um, in all that, I know we're, we've been talking a bit about like different choices that we've made over time of like, how to use social media when we've used it more or less. But of course, because this is a podcast about um, being a Christian and living in this life, how has the Lord spoken to you about social media's role in your life over time? Because as I've said, we've all kind of been using it for like at least 20 years or so. So of course, God has something to say about everything that's in our lives, what we take in and what has he said to you over times in your experience, Peter? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that hits me the most is when I realize that I'm automatically opening Facebook or Instagram and scrolling, even if I just like subconsciously, the moment I feel bored, the moment I feel um, like bored in the line at the grocery store mm. um, or worse at work, you know, getting distracted and uh, opening the Facebook um, to scroll and you get distracted more. Um, and I felt um, that's definitely not good work ethic. If you're at work and you're not doing your work and scrolling, you know, f- social media, plus as probably we mentioned this more about redeeming the time. Am I using my time yeah. efficiently or not? So uh, yeah, that's probably the one that, the Lord spoke to me. Um, and it's easy to stop if you have just one thing that would limit you, but it's easy also if there's nothing, no limits, there's nothing to, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't say it's addiction. It's more of an easy way out to entertain yourself. That's fair. Yeah. Krista, what about you and your journey? I think the easy access we have now to have it in our hands all the time you know mm-hmm. I very rarely have my phone not in my possession if I'm not holding it it's in my pocket so I have that quick access to all the distractions mm-hmm. and um, something that I've learned is just how much of my time I waste mm-hmm. on it um, that I could be productive like I'm going to bed and I'm like man I did not read my bible today but I sure caught up with everything <laughs> in everybody else's life today yeah. <laughs> you know so having having to um set up boundaries with social media but also setting guidelines for myself too like I can't I will not I can't say I can't but I will not start scrolling until I've spent time with him mm-hmm. you know and um okay. And making like, that's a discipline that I am terrible at and I'm working on, Yeah. Um, but that's something like, you know, he says he wants to be our first love, you know? And so, um, there's many times when I'm like, man, if this was a relationship, that would not be healthy, (laughs) you know, because I'm not, I'm not giving him his place because I'm so distracted by all the other things, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I use it to keep in touch with people and I've been trying more and more to use it to share mm-hmm. the goodness of what God has done in my life. Even, you know, when things are hard, sometimes we have to find verses or encouragement, you know, from 
fellow believers mm-hmm. in these platforms. And but I think that's something is is what can I do mm-hmm. to bring him, more of him into my interactions yeah. on social media. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and like Peter was saying, it's like sometimes so unconscious in our subconscious right we're like oh how did I even have my phone like I'm sure we've all had this situation where we're like on our phone like on like whatever social media app and you're like where's my phone I can't find my phone and like but you're on it already right it's like I can't find my phone where is it it's like oh because this thing is like attached to me right and we're just on it and we're like oh I really want to go watch this video but it's because I'm on another app and my brain is, I don't know, confused about where I'm at. And it's just like kind of scary a little bit when you realize, wow, this is now part of me. Or here's another one. If I'd switch from this app to the other app, the first app might lose my place. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ever had that one? Yes. Just <laughs> roll. I'm like, how did we do this? <laughs> I was reading that. Well, with the, all the, you know, now they have the automatic plays, like one finishes, another one goes. So if you switch out, you might lose what you were watching. Yeah. Oh, TikTok no. exploits that. <laughs> I know for me, I'm like, oh, my cousin posted something. She hasn't posted in a while. I'm going to go see. And two and a half hours later, I'm like, oh, <laughs> how did I get to this video about cats being scared by a cucumber? Yes. <laughs> That's a good video. Yeah. <laughs> they are. I love the videos of people being scared, but two and a half hours is kind of like, well, Yes, I'm not going to do what I was going to do. Yeah, exactly. Like where, what happened? What time is it? You know, the worst I think is if you, when you go on your phone and like you can go into like the settings and see how much like screen time you use and like how many hours you spent using the apps. Like it's actually kind of scary because it didn't feel like you were on that for that yeah. long. It just doesn't feel it that way. But yeah. I always think of Wally. Oh, the movie? Oh. If you've seen the movie Wally with yes. the people that are just yeah they can't even walk in it anymore because they've spent so much time being complacent and just watching things you yeah. know and that's where their whole world is it's all virtual now and I'm like oh I can see that happening mm-hmm. yeah I started to try to be more mindful like when I go certain places I like put my phone away and purposefully like make eye contact with whoever I'm with other Mm -hmm. people, because I was just noticing that I was not capable of doing that for a while. You know, like long time ago, I used to like live and work in New York and I took the train all the time. And in general, you just don't make eye contact with people on NYC subway for other reasons. But I just noticed like how I was not very aware of my surroundings because I was just like trying to pass the time, like being on my phone, being on different apps, you know, waiting for myself to get into like the train station that had the Wi-Fi so I could check <laughs> something like, you know, <laughs> problem. <laughs> but, you know, I think we've all we've all been there. So, Michael, what about you? How has God spoken to you about social media's role in your life over time? Well, one thing I'll have to say is, uh, well, the verse that we brought up earlier, I think it would be good to take a quick look at that in Ephesians chapter five, uh, with the idea of walking in love um, and speaking to uh, believers. The chapter kicks off with, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Mm-hmm. In verse two says, walk in love as Christ love has gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so mm-hmm. we're to be um, examples or lights in this world as other another scripture would say and the verse we're speaking of in verse 16 is um well in context 15, 15 look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil and the whole 
the the whole front part of the beginning part of that chapter is is how we ought to behave. Um, like, don't get drunk. Address another one in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let um, sexual immorality and impurity uh, be named among you. Let no filthiness and foolish talk, crude joking. There's so many things here that we ought to keep in mind in light of scripture, wherever we are. Mm-hmm. And this was written to people that didn't have a Facebook per se, <laughs> but needed mm-hmm. to know how to behave in this world. And so these things are uh, something to keep in mind, uh, especially when we're on social media. And that was something that I was convicted by when I had MySpace. It's like, why are you on there? <laughs> to scroll, to have fun, to mm-hmm. check out music artists, to interact with friends. Why are you on there? And to redeem the time. So how can I make it redeeming? Mm-hmm. And what I'm not saying is, how can I Christianify my experience? <laughs> because we'll try to do that. Try to justify why I'm on TikTok or justify why I'm on Instagram. Um, that's that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is just when I'm on here, how am I being Christ-like? And so one of the mm-hmm. ways I did that was by just sharing a verse, uh, a verse of the day. And so I did that on MySpace. I do that on Instagram. I try to encourage people just in a simple way to read the proverb of the day. So that's that's kind of my thing. Other people have different um, uh, ways of sharing Christ in some manner, in some form. And so that that was one thing that um, the Lord spoke to me about social media. And it it just goes back to another verse in 1 John 2, 15, mm-hmm. about the dangers of some social media platforms that are, I think, are designed to keep you in their app or in their social media platform. I mean, it's it's really it's an endless scroll. Mm-hmm. And so these are all things that we have to be aware of that some platforms uh, or many platforms are designed to keep you occupied. And that's a big mm-hmm. question. Like, what are you occupied with? Mm-hmm. And um now, I'm not saying that like every single social app and platform out there is designed to do that, but we have to recognize that we live in a world that is controlled by the prince and the power of this air. And that's the, the mm-hmm. enemy, Satan, wants to distract us, make sure we're not occupied with Christ. First um, John 2, 15 to 17 says, love not the world or the things that are in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any man loves the world, love the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. You know, the LLC of the world, the business of the world is to keep you occupied with not Christ. (laughs) So what are, what are we distracted by, you know, and apps can be that thing. Well, you know, life kind of sucks right now. I'm just going to mindlessly scroll. Yeah. Well, that we're, we should be turning to Christ. Right. And so I appreciate Krista, what you said is that's, that's also some of the same convictions I have. You know, don't just get on social media and you've not spent time with the Lord at all today, um, that there should be a, a, you know, Mm -hmm. there should be a time with the Lord first, um, or at least primarily uh, as a good amount part of your day. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking too about like, I like the question that you were asking yourself, Michael, like, why am I here? And like, what am I doing when I'm here? Like in that virtual space. And I think like that questioning is always good for us because I mean, I think we all mentioned before, like maybe we join different platforms like unthinkingly, like, oh, this is so cool. Like everyone else is doing it. Not that it's wrong to, you know, do things that other people are doing, but we should always ask ourselves, like, what's really behind it? What's the motive? And 
I think that can be true for like times when maybe we want to take a break from certain platforms because we're having a hard time controlling. Like if we don't have the the ability to set the boundaries in place, like maybe some of us have to go cold turkeys, so to speak, or not. But I do think like checking in and asking the Lord, like, well, what is coming up on my feed all the time? Like what different platforms or different like you know, influencers have I been following, different accounts have I been following. And I know one of the verses that convicted me is from Philippians 4, verse 8, that says, finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, what are what other things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. And this verse was given to me when I was like telling someone like an older mentor, like just how I wasn't feeling very great. Like when I was interacting with people on social media, some people I know, some people I don't. And they were saying, they're like, well, are your thoughts constantly negative or positive after using this? Like, how do you feel? And I had to be honest, like, at that time, I didn't feel very good. Like I felt weighted down. I felt very heavy. And, you know, I really heard the Lord telling me like, you know, in order to like have the life, the Christian life that I should have, I had to get my head out of certain accounts and certain things that I was like, just looking at that made me feel like not so great about my experience. And I think just as a principle, right, we all have to check in with the Lord and like listen to the Holy Spirit because he's always speaking to us. So with that, I want to ask everybody, where are you now with social media? Maybe your journey began differently, but where are you now and what boundaries have you set up for yourself that you are abiding by today? I know, Krista, you told us about one. Do you have another one? And then we'll go around. I know that I have the use of social media has changed for me. I still keep in touch, but I also use it for finding like new food recipes to try, new workouts to hopefully motivate myself to do. (laughs) So I definitely changed the way I use it. And I, I don't have like anybody that I don't know on there anymore. Whereas when I was younger, the more the the merrier, you know, so I'm a lot more selective in who has access to my information on them, especially because I have a child, but you know, it's interesting Having a child, she's 13 now and she's entering this world. Mm. So I have to not only monitor her use, but also be a good example of how I use Mm. social media. And so, you know, I used to teach um, elementary and one of the things that my students throughout the six years that I was at this grade level said to me was, I wish my parents paid more time or more attention to me. They're always on their phone. I'll be trying to show them something and they're scrolling going, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and so that made me a lot more um, aware of my interactions with specifically my, my own child, but also with other people Mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, around in person and stuff and making sure that I'm staying engaged, you know, flipping my phone upside down when I'm on a coffee date with a friend or something. So I'm not constantly looking to see what, Mm -hmm alerts are popping up and who's more important than the person that's directly in front of me. Yeah. You know, so I, I've definitely changed the way I use the platforms now. Oh, that's really good. Peter. I love this question because hopefully we can learn from each other and, you know, get tips about uh, how to 
take advantage of social media, but make sure that we're not occupied with it. And one thing, almost every phone right now has a limit. You can set up a limit for how long you can stay on social media. And uh, I put, put it for half an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's that's my limit for the day. Um, I love still social media. I'd love to still and be involved in it. I love uh, Facebook Marketplace. I uh, This is one of uh, uh, great places. I buy stuff and I love to uh, stay connected with everybody. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, we need to limit it. And uh, sometimes it's difficult yeah. because um, I remember at night, I'm tired and I just want to scroll through mindlessly through Facebook and turning off my my phone is hard. Uh, and like, I'm grumpy turning off my phone. Uh, but I think, like you mentioned, Patricia and Philippians, and I think uh, also Second Peter chapter one is a good one to say strive. It takes some work to do the right thing and to be fruitful mm-hmm. and valuable for the Lord. So instead of listening to social media uh, videos, uh, maybe read a devotion and pray before I go to sleep. Mm. There's time for everything. Or to talk to someone. I think some sometimes like we get a lot of advice from various accounts online or we Google something and then, whoa, that was really scary. <laughs> Apparently this thunder shower happening. Anyway, um, but sometimes we will look at the internet, we look at other people's experiences, which is can be a good thing to help us get through something. But then we may miss out on like that human to human contact, that fellowship that God has arranged for us to have that we need. And I think we've all experienced that, like in the pandemic, not being able to be physically with people, I think showed us how much we need that and how like the internet really just isn't enough because we all just went through this time where it was just virtual connections. That was the only thing we could have. And it wasn't good enough and people are have it, were harmed by that, right? And they're still suffering with the effects of that. So I think really remembering that we need to connect with humans, I think, can be something to remember as well. So, Michael, what about you? Where are you with social media now? Um, more or less the same. Okay. I mean, <laughs> what I set up before is, I would say... I was trying to think if it's really changed. I know I can tell you, I confess, I've deviated (laughs) (laughs) from that purpose. (laughs) And so um, I had to get back in the boundaries uh, again, and uh, and it's good. Um, So when you have it in its proper place uh, and its boundary, it's good. Or it can be good, rather. Mm -hmm. I actually asked a couple of young people recently, you know, uh, is, is social media bad or evil? In other words, not good. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and just a just a quick prompting. Yeah, they, they could see the the addictiveness of it. Um, just the the things that are being shared are not good. I mean, you have Tide Pods, kids eating Tide Pods. I mean, I, I would think <laughs> you should know not to do that. And then there's a lot of mimicry that's going on. Or like, okay, look, you know, look at what kind of crazy things I can do on this mm-hmm. platform. And da- um, like dangerous. Oh my God. Dangerous. Yeah, it looks like. How many kids have lost their lives or limbs because they're doing challenges now? Can I jump in there and say that I think one thing that's kind of come full circle for me, which I try to pay attention to now and which relates to that, is people do not believe that there are consequences for speech. 
And so mm-hmm. one of the verses that's kind of stuck with me as I've gone through my social media journey is in Matthew chapter 12, where the Lord's having one of his many interactions with the Pharisees. And in verse 33, he uses the example of a fruit tree. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree mm-hmm. is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. <laughs> Don't think we, mm-hmm. think we necessarily think of the Lord Jesus telling people that you're a den of snakes, but he does. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. And of course, with social media, more than ever, I mean, there's a lot of stuff from the earlier days of the internet that has actually disappeared. No one knows where it is or if it ever still exists. But with social media and with modern data center archiving, Hmm. that stuff is around forever. Someone can pull that up years from now and say, you said this. Hmm. And so that's kind of stuck with me as I try to go forward Hmm. on social media is to remember what I say and how I say it. And in a couple cases, I've had to uh, either limit or just remove accounts from people who do not do that. Hmm. I can think of one on Facebook that I removed because that person just consistently was on social media and it was obvious, just constantly sharing thing after thing, after thing, after thing. And that was just scrolling through my feed. Hmm. And many of those things were not good things to be occupied with. Yeah. Now, regardless of what the motivation of that person was for sharing them, who they thought would be interested in them or whatever, that's a form of speech. Hmm. I don't think that person realized that they were communicating something about themselves and about the, what was on their heart to other people. Hmm. And then on another account, I finally had to stop following on a, another platform because that person was going through a rough time, got angry and just started lashing out at a lot of people. And I was like, I can't have this. I'm afraid to even open this app anymore because that person's content might be in my feed. Yeah. And these are, regardless of what you're going through or why you're going through it, living out too much of your life in public hmm. can be a way of actually drawing your heart in the wrong direction. And so mm-hmm. that's something I've tried to be more and more careful with as time goes on. And especially again, now that I'm a parent and I have kids, at some point, someday, one of those kids might have an account on that app and find dad said what? So, yeah. But yeah. of course, God all along, Aaron, you said what? <laughs> so that's that's right? a good check, I think, to think about you know, before you go sharing stuff. Because you know, people have bad days. And the more you use these kinds of apps, the more you learn to recognize that people are going through something because you start to realize mm-hmm. the conversation is not about the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's going negative. Yeah, yeah. And I think something that we forget too is like about the principles about like defilement, which I feel like I haven't heard preached about in a long time, where like we we can be defiled and defile others by the things that we say, we do, we hear. And sometimes maybe because it's not in person, we don't realize I need to go to God and like have him wash me with the word that maybe we forget. And because it's in a virtual space and we don't really remember, like, I need the Lord to like, take care of this because I was affected by whatever I heard. I saw like, it's still the same as if I was to hear someone cursing, say example, like saying horrible things about the Lord in the grocery aisle. It's still the same thing. If I scroll past, it has the same effect on me and my heart. And, you know, it might be something to think about. Like if I want to post something, is this going to, harm defile another christian like i think that is something to consider and you know it's definitely sobering those verses that the lord will speak to us about what we have said you know to kind of build on that i think 
you know, when you ask the question, where am I at now? One of the big things that um, was brought to my attention in regards to uh, smartphones or phones in general is just, again, the idea of who you're occupied with and going back to First John 2, love not the world. Um, the, the thing about social media is, you know, we could speak to the idea of loneliness. Social media gives us uh, some kind of attention and an interaction or relational aspect that we either crave or miss or something like that. And this is something I believe the enemy uses as a tool to replace Mm -hmm. our relationship with God. And so that's an important thing to keep in mind is that the basic human craving for some sort of relationship is that God-sized hole in your heart, as uh, somebody, a famous person has put it that I forget (laughs) the name. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we were built to be relational. And there's only one person that can satisfy, and that's that's the Lord Jesus, and that's and God can fulfill that need, and that's where we need to look, and that's a, such a big distraction when you put that into a bigger context of where does social media fit in my life? Hmm. Because if it's drawing you away from God, then that's an idol, and hmm. that needs to be put away, put to death, and put to put to the side. Are you controlling it, beating social media into submission, so to speak, <laughs> or, or is it? you those are those are some really big questions to just kind of put in the perspective of how a believer needs to think about when they're using social media because it is like you say it's an easy distraction it's such a mm-hmm. it's an easy uh, painkiller you know or um yeah. something to take away from the task or something at hand yeah. so just that would be the challenge uh, the current challenge for me as as far as where i am with it now is just to make sure that I'm being a uh, positive influence Mm -hmm. uh, as far as my Christian walk and that it's not taking away from my relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Right. No, I, I love that challenge. Krista. I was just, I was going to say something along the lines as Michael. Um, I think we, a lot of times need validation. And so we go to social media for that validation. Validation on, um, like maybe how I look or um, if I'm angry and I want you guys to tell me if I'm justified in being angry, you know, or I need an opinion (laughs) instead of going to the Lord first and being like, Lord, how am I supposed to interact or react or feel about this situation Mm -hmm. and spending time with him? You know, we take to social media and we need that validation. And I know like, because we are relational, you know, Sometimes it's difficult because he's not here with us in person, giving us that hug we need or, or, um, you know, you can pray and read and sometimes don't hear anything at that time. You know, it may come later through other believers or something that comes up, mm-hmm. you know, wake up singing a worship song or something. And so we, we want that instant mm-hmm. uh, validation. And, and I think that is something that social media has been positive in some circumstances, but completely negative because those validations that are telling you you're justified for being angry because of this dumb person in the parking lot or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just fuels your mm-hmm. your angst and, and your your negativity as well. So that was something actually that I had to learn to do because I've had some hard things. We all have hard things that have happened in life and like instantly want to get other people's perspective like am I doing something wrong? Am I in the wrong here? And I know I'm not. So I just need you to tell me I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, and instead like picking a friend and being like, Hey, I need to run something by you. Am I crazy? You know, 
(laughs) And this friend needs to be, for me, needs to be, I have non-believers and believers in it. I want to get it from my my, uh, Christ-centered friendships because I know those are the ones that are going to encourage me and be like, yes, you're right, but Mm -hmm. we got to look at it this way or or no, you're being dumb, (laughs) you know, and this is why, you know, so that's um, something that that validation, you know, and definitely with the shutdowns and being disconnected from people in person, it really made that like amplify that need. Yeah. Yeah. One thing social media can't do is it, 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 it either can't tell you that you're wrong <laughs> or if it does, it's probably because you're on the cusp of a mental health crisis. And that's not really a joke. There's a lot of statistical data to bear that right. out. People either get validation right. from social media or they go deeper into a hole, but there's not really that. Right. There's not a strong middle ground for discussing complicated issues in a way that re, you know resolves them to a complicated solution. Right. Yeah. And that's where I'll see somebody sharing something and I will side message them and be like, "Hey, I saw, you know, this post, are you okay? Do you need to meet up for coffee or do mm-hmm. you need prayer? How can I pray for you?" You know, and so ha- having it on an open platform where so many other people can enhance that negativity in, in people's lives or our own lives, you know, it, it does it teeters on serious danger. Right. Yeah. Um, it makes me think sometimes too, like who we follow, like, am I following like certain people, maybe not people that I know in my personal life, but am I following certain influencers because I'm insecure about whatever they're good at or it, it can be anything like, oh yeah, I want to learn from this person. I don't know. I'm following some influencer who is really good with finances and I want to learn from them. But like, am I feeling like I'm actually learning something or do, am I getting some, am I feeling some sort of negativity, feeling sensitive, feeling insecure about whatever I'm watching. And then because those insecurities always turn into a need for validation more and more. Um, and, and that all do need to be validated. Like, like this is who we are as human beings, right? We do need to hear from others, you know, some acknowledgement of who we are so we can feel comfortable, we can feel safe, right? And we're looking for that. But I think one of the lessons maybe we can all say is that when we have sought validation from a post from friends to like that post, like that, that feeling of like, oh yeah, like I'm loved, I'm respected, it's so short and it never lasts. And then we're like incentivized, right? I have to post again, something else that other people will like, something about the way I look or what I'm doing, what I'm saying about my intelligence or my success in life or anything. I have to post again because I need that love again and again and again, and it's never enough. And I know for me, like when I decided to delete the apps that engage me personally because i still use youtube like but i view i use reddit but i view and i'm not connected to like anyone i know but when i had deleted instagram and facebook i felt like this sense of oh no now i won't be able to hear from people anymore about what they think about me and then i was like ew why did i think that (laughs) like why I didn't even know I was really caring about that at all, but that's mm-hmm. what it turned into. And then when I deleted the apps off my phone, the silence was like deafening, and it really scared me because I didn't realize like how much I was getting my feelings about myself from the interactions I was 
yeah. right? The dependent. Yeah, I was so dependent on it. And I didn't even realize because I just joined like different platforms because they were fun, they were cool. And I didn't know that there was like a foothold that was in my life. And I really had to rebuild having intentional conversations with people that I know about life, about struggles, about triumphs, about what is God doing in my life. I had to like make that effort with my friendships. I couldn't just post and package it this nice speech, right? That's very curated because we all do that, right? Very curated. And it was kind of scary, right? And I think we've all been through that to a certain extent where it's like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know that was happening to me. And that is just our human nature, right? We just slip um, when we're not watchful. Yeah. But my comfort is we have the Holy Spirit. He's always talking to us. Mm -hmm. We slip when we're not watching. He is always speaking. He is sending us messages through his word, through other people to bring us back to himself to say like, where are you with this? You know, it is a challenge for our hearts. Most definitely. So thank you everybody for this conversation. I know I'm definitely thinking (laughs) more and more like reflecting on the past. And um, it was really great to have this conversation with everybody because I think the thread that I hear through all of our pieces of conversation about, you know, 10 to 20 years of social media use is that we're all just trying to maintain like a healthy relationship with social media and weighing its benefits, its negatives and having God at the center. Right. And I know we all get off track, right. It's, we might be off track now, right. Like we're not coming to this podcast. Like, you know, we've got it figured out. Like that's really not, but, um, just so that we would always be in that place of like evaluating and keeping short accounts with God. And I know we've said it a million times on this podcast, but really our goal to our audience is to focus on navigating this life using principles from God's word, because even though social media did not exist in biblical times, the Lord sees the future and his principles are timeless. Right. And we talked about the word of God and how we apply it to our lives. So Each of us just needs to improve our biblical literacy. I really do believe that. And we can find the pattern that's in his word. Uh, We need to have a reason for why we live our lives the way that we do. We can't just go along with what the world is doing. We always have to think about what's going on um, spiritually. So thanks again, everyone, um, to our audience. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Patterns of Truth podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode. And we also encourage you to check out patternsoftruth.org, where we post articles every week for the encouragement and growth of Christ followers. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to submit them on our website. I'm Peter. Until next time.